Hey, hey, and welcome to the latest issue of the Three Old Geeks Podcast. I am joined once again by the characters from Central Casting and our very special returning champion. First of all, the... All right, you're the numbers guy. The numbers guy, the keeper of the inner sanctum, uh-huh. the contrarian, and no longer the ruinator, Keith of Keith's Comics. Keith, how are you? I uh, guess I'm okay. I, I'm the numbers guy, huh? I'm doing good. It's My cold, it's early. Yeah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And of course, the uh, man who's always wrong with the Holiness Collection, the pictures guy, the clown person collecting, and the dirty old gig, Brian. He's one, Brian, how are you? Oh, Bobby. Thank you for asking. You got a heart of gold. I'm doing fine, kitten. <laughs> and uh, our uh, returning champion and uh, bearer of, of gifts, and we were challenging all of our podcasts to a four-square tournament. Thank you. You're welcome. The Notorious Intergalactic Body Hunter, uh, Dr. Rich, these one. Dr. Rich, how are you? I'm out, I'm outstanding. It's been very a very long time. We miss you. We yes. miss you. It's been a very long time. And we blackmailed so you into you bringing us presents. Yes. And it was a really cool present. We've got an official four-square ball and and neon spray paint to make our four-square court. And uh, headbands. And headbands. Although mine is an 80s-style leg band. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, and, you're Judas, and you wore the Judas Priest And I'm wearing so my, my Screaming for Vengeance t-shirt. It all, it all it comes all, together. Yes. Because I am, of course, the world's oldest uh, kid sidekick. I am the words guy. My name is Lance, and I just want to let you fellas know, you look like the bottom roll of prizes in a shooting gallery. And welcome to another issue! Brian, would you put your damn phone down and give us the news, please? I'm a busy man. I have to multitask. I would be writing you up right now if this was like a real job. <laughs> you know what? In my real job, I don't ever look at my phone except to see what time it is. Nobody really ever tries to contact me. Yeah, not a, not a whole lot going on um, outside of uh, both the Titans and Doom Patrol have been canceled. You're kidding? No. Season four will be it. Oh. Um, don't know what's well. It's the same thing that's going on with. So it's just cost cutting and. I you know what I think down. that they're doing is just clearing the way for everything that's to come. James Gunn to do his magic is what's what is happening. He said that in January he's they were supposed to have a bunch of announcements on what they were doing and what their timeline is, and it's we had two days. Yeah, that's my my point. Like either in two days they're going to have some big announcements, or like what he said didn't quite ring up to be Well, true. in two days, he'll come out with a, by the end of February, we'll have yeah. something really cool <laughs> yes. to tell you. But he said, he said a timeline of, of what to expect for the next, you know, the next He said he's phase. got 10 years, but uh, I know he's employed for that long in that business, except Kevin Feige. And look at how well that worked out. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, in passing news, of course, there's always uh, there's always one that affects us, and in, in this uh, week it is um, Lance Kerwin, James at 15 for those of us in the know, and then James at 16 started in the uh, the Michael Landon directed film TV uh, what was it, after school special, uh, and I think it was Lance at 15, but. Uh, it was about how he became a runner because his mother would... He wet the bed and his mother would put his sheets out. Yep. 
and uh, and so he had to run home and get his sheets done before, before anybody it, saw it. Before any people from his school, kids from school, walked by the house. Yeah, so he would run home, and he became a runner because of that. And then he grew up to be a TV star because it was it was secretly about Michael Landon and his bedwetting problem. You don't remember that? Lan- 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 Lance looks so confused. <laughs> like, he looks like a dog when you make a weird noise. You don't, like, uh, you don't remember that one? I huh? do. No. I do. That was a big deal because Michael Landon was uh, the courage it took to admit he was a bedwetter. <laughs> And turn it into profit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what a bitch his mother was. Yeah. Oh, what a fucking yes. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> All right. So for this week's edition of the world famous, and I have the data to prove it. Real Geeks Top 3, listen, we got Dr. Root sitting in, so we're going to throw an extra five minutes on the timer. So gentlemen, with 20 minutes on the timer... What are the three things that surprised you the most about adulthood? And go! Uh, number three for me is um, the monotony. Ah, Just you the, son of a bitch. My, uh, I was talking to my daughter, and uh, and she said, it was funny, she's, she's now 21, she'll be 22 in a month, but uh, not even a month, in a few weeks. Uh, but she said... I, I just realized, Dad, that I have to cook myself dinner every every night. single day. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, honey, you do." And uh, yeah, it was just a, it's just the same fucking thing. Groundhog's Day. Yeah, this is it. Doesn't change, and it doesn't doesn't change. Doesn't fucking change. Wow, this is gonna turn into one of those. Isn't it? <laughs> We're all gonna have the same fucking things. But that was my no. Number three. Was, I bet we don't. It was Groundhog's Day. My, my, I guess I'll go with my number three would be like, I never in a million years thought when I reached adulthood, I'd still be doing fucking homework. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking week. I thought, well, man, when yes. I left school, yes. my homework's I thought, who done with this shit? No, I got to watch these and yeah. do this. It's homework. I, yeah. And that's what that's a what, deadline. My wife always says, "Did you get your homework?" Done? I get that from yeah. Kathy. Have you have you watched? Have you done all your homework? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think you'd still have homework when I was an adult, but yeah, it's, it's here every week. Yeah. I still hate my teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Rich, what do you got? Uh, heat is a, a beautiful thing. We're and, talking adult, adulthood, not old age. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of, I, you know, I took some liberties, and uh, as I got into adulthood, I realized, living where we live in the Chicagoland area, that when I would go down and visit, man, my body just felt better. It just felt good. So, I don't know why I'm still living in this area, but uh, but yeah. That, that, that for me. heat is a beautiful thing. Heat is a beautiful thing. Warmth. Just it, my body just feels good when I go down into the warmth, down south, or anywhere. But yeah, All right, where well, it's warm. Anywhere well, okay. where it's warm. My number three was how monotonous and boring adulthood is. Yeah. When I thought it was going to be a nonstop party every single night and stuff like that. Uh, but I'll go with a, kind of a play off of Doctor Rich's. Is that they make winter coats for a reason. 
because I used to be one of those guys that would be waiting outside. And, and Keith, you still got this gene, and I don't know. It's it's the Viking. It's the frost giant blood that you got. I hit forty, and I used to be one of those guys. I could wait outside of a concert arena in a denim jacket and twenty in a, in a t shirt in twenty below weather for a half an hour before the door opened. Not a problem. I hit forty. I'm wearing long underwear. I got wool socks. I got three coats and a hat on, and it's forty degrees. I don't know what I'm going to be. One of those old men, in, like in the old murder <laughs> mysteries, where they're in the wheelchair and they got the blanket over their legs with like the monocle and stuff like yeah. that. That's going to be me. That's going to be John Candy in plane trains and automobiles with a coat that's four times. <laughs> and it's forty degrees. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, number two for me. And I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to lance this. Oh my God. Uh-oh. Yeah, because it just struck me as you guys were talking. I did not imagine feeling this young. You know what I mean? Like, my brain still feels like it's 16. <laughs> like, all that shit you can still and not do. not 13. Yeah. No, not 13. He's moved up a little I bit. I have a sophisticated taste. In what capacity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, you've a sixteen-year-old brain for Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I, you know what? I, I, I do hope that when my mother was uh my age, that she felt as young as I do now. I feel in my brain that I'm young. My body, no, <laughs> no, I know. Uh, yeah, I can't do. I can't leap over cars, or I can't leap. So there's that, and that uh, because we went through the switch when we were young in the '70s, where cinema got a little different. And you had like Bob and Carol, Ted and Alice, and those kind of movies that that they were more realistic than we thought. You know, we thought it was funny, but no, actually, the movies were warning us <laughs> that, <laughs> that adulthood was stupid, uh, and we were going to be a part of it. Uh, yeah, stole mine again. Did I? Yeah, the whole adulthood. Wow. What's that? <laughs> still waiting. Still waiting. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. What? Exactly. Who? What? Yeah. When you were an adult when you were like 14. Uh, I know. Yes. I was, I was born 50 no, years old. Thank you, old man. I, Came out and goes, what's this light about? Yes. It's too bright in here. Turn I am up. tired of tepid milk. Turn Either make the- it hot or make it cold. <laughs> but this in-between <laughs> bullshit... <laughs> I'm not paying for this electricity. Turning's yeah. left. <laughs> I can see two feet in front of me. That's it. After that, everything is gone. Just turn the damn light off. <laughs> Who left the refrigerator door open? Mom, are you trying to heat the Western world yeah, or yeah. freeze the Western world? Yeah. Yes. I'm not that paying was... to heat the outside. Close that door. <laughs> the Western world. All right, I don't so know they still, do you have a backup for the uh, one that... Sure, I do. Um, actually, a shocking thing about becoming an adult is you you don't stay in contact with your really close friends as much as you used to. I always thought, you know, you had friends and we're still friends, but used to talk all the time and, and you know, it should be easier now, but it seems harder. Yeah. Yeah. Now so, you get the occasional like you get the happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, your... Merry Christmas. Yeah. You know, if we happen to be going anywhere around them, I'll we'll stop and see them. But other than that it's like, you know, it's weird that you lose that thing it's kind of a you kind of get your own life and you yeah i mean like my friends are literally on different like different states different continents yeah. you know 
these, these are guys like when I grew, even in my 20s, these are guys like you called me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'd go bail you out yeah, of jail. Exactly, and yeah. now I, yeah. bar- I barely talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. The, the amazing thing, too, is with uh, the advancement in social media and texting, you would think that it, would, it actually lends you to being able to get in touch with them yeah. so much easier. Yeah. But yet you do get wrapped up in your your own life and your family's life and you don't yeah yeah like i said it's it's literally i get the happy birthday you know merry christmas and you know and occasionally hey how's it going type of thing but but then again we're we're i mean when we were kids none of this shit existed you couldn't text someone you didn't have a, a computer in your hand they might have one at school you could play with a little bit so it's it technology's advanced so much that that I don't know, maybe I'm still that kid that doesn't <laughs> do that stuff. Oh I'm not on TikTok every day like some people. No, not you. You're fine. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it looks, it's a good look on you, Brian. It has okay. left him speechless. Wow. It has Dr. actually Rich. left him speechless. <laughs> What's your number two? Uh... <laughs> I might not make it, Deltos, if I keep this up. I I think, for me, realizing adulthood is not a number. So, like, you know, when you're 16, you get to get get your license if you're ready and want to get it. At 18, you can vote. 21, you can drink. At 25, you now can officially rent a car, or it's a lot easier to rent a car. Why that's the last thing, not really quite sure, but, you know, whatever. But it doesn't, but you know, I've met people who you're like, wow, you are just, you're lost and, and you're not an adult. And then there's, you've met people who end up having to get forced into responsibilities at a, at a very early age and how, and you see differences in how people handle it and how people don't handle it well. And I just find that very, I find that very interesting. And I look back at how I was when I was, say, 26, and I was, well, actually, I was younger than that, when I was I was finishing medical school, when I was going into medical school, and I think about the things that I thought I knew and what I believed in and how, through experience, uh, that has changed. Um, See, he learns. I don't it, get that. Yeah. 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 He's an educated guy. You get, you're not. Thank you. <laughs> I hadn't figured that out. So. Wow. I still think he's talking about me. <laughs> no. He's some looking. people get it and some people don't. <laughs> some people learn. Some people don't. Some people grow up. Some people don't. No, I, I, but I, to me, I, I look at myself. I, you know, it, it I, I have written down here, experience is everything right after it. And I don't necessarily think that that's so true, but I think it's 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 very helpful. Um, but for, for each person, it's experience is a different thing. For some people, it's I want to travel as much as I can, and, and that's how I learn. I learn by being in the moment. Other people, you know, they learn through other other means, reading and doing that kind of – that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah, that's deep. Mine is going to be so trite compared to that, <laughs> that deep philosophical diatribe. The thing, what, the second biggest thing that surprised me about reaching adulthood is that 
the music that you like eventually becomes an oldie. Oh, the so first good. time I heard so good Def Leppard on a classic rock station, yes. I went, Def Leppard is not classic rock. Yes. What do you Oh my god, that song is twenty five years old. Yes. Yeah, uh so young guy I work with young gal I work with they're sitting there talking, and, and one of them goes, and, and the, the guy looks at me and goes, yeah, you, were a, you were a white snake guy back in the, back in your day, right? Of course I was a white snake guy, you know? I had the hair, and, and, and the gal standing there goes, who's white snake? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that, that, that and, and the day, I realized the day I hit 42, that people that were born the day I hit 21 could now legally drink. That, those are the two things that made me feel ancient. Oh, I that is the best is too also when you hear a remake and people like it and I I say to them do you realize that that's not the original that's a remake well who 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 did it Pink Floyd who yeah 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 and you're like oh oh or the all the people that freaked out over uh, Master <coughs> Puppets on uh, Stranger Things yes I was and all these these people I've never heard. The, that song before. That's awesome. That's Metallica. I can't believe. What? Yes. What? But the but listening to songs on the radio and they they call them classic rock or it's the oldies and you're like, oh man, that kind of hurt. Or when they like tainted love. I heard this new song. No, no, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Not so, not so much new. Yeah. <laughs> new to you. Yeah. But not new, and then it goes back further. I, I yeah. yeah, that's uh, and it's scary. It's scary to think about. Fuck the eighties were, you know, thirty five years ago or whatever. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what was your number one surprise upon reaching adulthood, Brian? My number one shocking surprise. Is that your school transcripts don't follow you? (laughs) 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 That gigantic threat that you got the entire time. No one has ever opened my record. Your permanent record. Nobody. Yeah, there is no permanent record, guys. Means nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Do what you want. Everything is permissible. <laughs> Just get A's. Get A's and then urinate in the cafeteria. Who cares? Stand on a table and piss away your life right there. As long as you're getting A's, nobody cares. Keith, what do yeah, you got wow. for number one? That's a hard one to follow. Actually, mine was along the line of yours, so I'm going to skip over to another one. I didn't. No one warned me that when you get older, time speeds up. I don't know how it. I don't know how that 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 occurs. But I have that. You, you uh, actually... Yeah, seriously, years like two weeks. There's all of a sudden, wait, what? I mean, we're almost done with the first month of this year. It just seemed like we just had the new year. It it incrementally increases. It's like, and then you look back. Oh, that was. What, last year, year before? No, it was four years ago. What? What? Yeah, no, what? It just doesn't make any sense. Um, no. Yeah. If, if De- December 1st would hit when you were a kid and you're like, 
We've got 25 days until Christmas. Yeah. It's like forever. And it felt like forever. You had to go to school so many days. And then break came. And then you were just like, this is the worst ever. Now, it's it's Halloween. And boom. Yeah. And next thing, yeah, the next thing you know, you're opening presents. You're opening yeah. presents. Yeah. I, I, that was my number one. It's, it's, and you had to buy presents. The, the time you have to buy stuff, give yes. stuff for people. It's like, what? No. And I'm pretty firmly convinced that time dilation happens when you're in school between June 6th and like whatever, August 23rd or whatever. Because summer vacations to me always seem like they last. I mean, and maybe I'm just like that rose-colored lens that I'm looking back. I remember, man, you were off for like six weeks. It was like the best time ever. Oh yeah, and you did and, so much. And you got so much. Yeah. You could do. You 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 went to the pool and you did yes. this and you played baseball and, and just and now there's like no time for anything, much less have taken six weeks off. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. It's funny you were talking about, oh, Christmas, oh, it takes so long. And all I was thinking was, all I was waiting for was 22 days and I don't have to go to school. I don't even care about Christmas. I don't have to go to school. <laughs> and that 22 days seemed to last Oh, forever. fuck you. Yeah, and then four days into the December, I was already a pain-in-the-ass kid. Well. <laughs> More of a pain in the All right, Doc, you got a backup for that number one? Yeah, uh, uh, and I, I say this in the best of ways for me personally, but um, kids uh, changed everything. Uh, when when we, my Lisa and I, my wife, were married, and, you know, when you, you just kind of had a certain amount of freedom, then we made the mistake of getting a dog. And, um, but... You still, your thought process of things was just different. And then you have, we had our firstborn, Peter. And uh, for me, uh, and for every single person, it's different. So I'm not generalizing this. But for me, um, it changed everything. Everything that I did working had a, a new meaning to it. You know, when it came to holidays and such, there was, it was just focusing on them and and their experience and we have a second and now they're 18 and 16 and and every, it still is you know everything is about them for for now and so that was something that I didn't realize it was going to have that big of an effect on me and it was in in the best of ways so that's that wow Man, you keep getting really deep, and then yeah. you hand it to Lance, yeah, yeah, who's yeah. like... But, you know, the music thing was He could talk awesome. about wrestling now or something. The music <laughs> no, thing. I, I you got to buy your own socks. I literally... <laughs> for those for those of you, uh, we often talk about how you can't see what we're doing or whatever, so to verbalize what I'm doing, I am now going to shake my fist. I never knew how fucking expensive things were. Oh, God. All right, and I'm not talking like... I'm talking like I had no concept that you had to have car insurance. Oh. When you bought a house, you had to have homeowner's insurance. You uh, get a hunk of your paycheck taken out because, well, you're going to have – it doesn't matter if you want to do it or not. We're going to invest this money for you in a 401K. My company wisely doing that for me. 
it is just it, it I'm not talking like the day-to-day stuff. I'm not talking about going to the grocery store. I'm talking about like all the expenses that I did not know. Like, you know, it's like one of those like growing up, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you you just you spend your money on what you like, and this is this, and then all of a sudden it was like you become an adult and it's like, oh well, yeah, no, we gotta take some money out of your paycheck for insurance and, and for the four oh one K and you know oh, federal and, income tax. And and, and the the vision the, the vision is Yeah, exactly. I, well I mean I've been working. I'm having been working since I was two, like Keith. But I've been working for a long time, so I knew about taxes. But it was yes. like it's like all the other stuff. Sure. You know, like oh, you want pet insurance or something? We can take that out of your check or whatever. So, and then all the like, and it's even worse than to say, well, like when my parents were coming because they had to pay for like heat, electrical, and that's it. Now it's cable. Now it's your cell phone. Now it's all your subscriptions for all the stupid things that we gotta watch. So. Our advice to you as the three old geeks and the special special guest is don't become an adult. Oh, it's a pain I'm, in the ass. I'm never going to. Stay a kid forever. Yeah, stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the podcast is about to get a lot worse because we are talking number 19 on Tubi's list of worst movies of all time, and that is... Creature from the Haunted Sea from 1961, directed by Hollywood legend Roger Corman, written by Charles B. Griffith, and starring Anthony Carbone, Betsy Jones Moreland, and Edward Wayne. And I love the... the they, this movie needs to be remade because the plot of this movie is freaking awesome. The execution of this movie, I don't know what Corman was thinking. Well, I got paid. Yeah. No, I'm going to make some money off of this one because he makes money every film. Uh, I thought there were some interesting shots in this. And He's I, a great director. He really is. Yeah. There was a point where I thought, this is uh, this is an aquarium. I, the way the, the boat looked, it, it all looked like the bottom of an aquarium. <laughs> With, and then the fish, how they he would... Swim across, yeah, and they yeah. look like giant fish, but you knew that they were little. Yeah. So I kept... Well, he... I mean, Corman is a master of getting his money's worth... Oh, yeah. Out of, like, out of a movie, you know. So he, I mean, he's a notorious cheapskate, but his movies always make money. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you could look at this film, and again, it was, it was supposed to be a... I mean, I don't know how this got on the list, because it's supposed to be campy, it's supposed to be a parody... It was because it wasn't well done as as either. The camp it didn't know what it wanted to be. Well, okay, again, the plot. Okay, so the gangster is smuggling Cuban uh, military, you know, ousted Cuban military people and this their secrets and stuff like that. He wants to get at that. He's going to use the legend of this monster as an excuse to kill these guys. But the monster actually... Ex- I'm sorry, that's a brilliant fucking premise for a movie. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Th- uh, I mean, that, that that could be done in the modern era, and you could... you. I mean, you could get... Uh, from Dust Till Dawn, you could get the crime mashed up with a monster movie. What, XK-150, um... K-150, the, the spy. <laughs> I, the plunger, though. The plunger is a weapon. <laughs> no, it was, two, it was two mini garden rakes, and then the plunger was for the footprints for the monster, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When was the shot? 1961 is when 61. it came out. And when did Castro take over? Oh, jeez. 
okay, talk. Because it had to be 50s. I mean, this is close. I think I think you're right. And I want to say mid to late 50s. So how quickly did he jump on that, thinking that there was going to be Cuban gold coming out? Yeah, I love the idea behind it. I love the fact that the Cuban gold is still sitting there. You could almost do a sequel as they go back to get the gold. Uh, but everybody died. Well, you know what? All the wicked died. The uh, the non-wicked didn't. And he made them all wicked when before they died. They were not nice people. Actually, uh, <clears throat> 59. Yeah, 50. He took over in 59. So this is two years after Castro Holy took over. Holy shit. Wow. So he was on, I mean, he was on to something. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, uh, the monster in this, and this was supposed to be a parody of Creature from the Black Lagoon and a parody of spy movies and all this other stuff. The monster in this was one of the worst ones ever. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I could see that. Uh, was it worse than Creeping Terror? No. no. <laughs> I didn't think this film deserved to be on the list. Uh, again, it's just a bad film. It wasn't one of the worst bad films. I thought it was at least... It was an excellent concept. I thought it was decently executed. I didn't really like the uh, the stupid spy. Yeah, the... the uh, Sparks Moran. Sparks Moran. I did love the name. <laughs> but my real name is XY150. XK150. Oh, XK150. XY's his brother. Or, well, <laughs> the the XK one twenty <clears throat> didn't need to be there. I to me that was almost like uh, it was get it was like a it was get smart uh, low budget get smart. Yeah, yes. Uh, oh, I did that. I thought the line. Um, why did I have to wear this stupid disguise? Now she won't see me as I really yeah. am. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. I kind of uh, giggled too every time someone would try and talk with um, Mary Bell, uh-huh. and she would just respond just so rude. Yeah, yeah. she's just like, "I can't believe you're sitting here talking to me. I can't believe we didn't throw you off this boat already." And she just would do that with everybody with except everybody for except Dean except Martin. Yeah, Till she or uh, Renzo. Yeah, well, I cut cut right Dean Martin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I actually was thinking that he was doing a Humphrey Bogart impersonation the entire time. Because he was constantly oh. smoking, and he kind of looked like Humphrey Bogart. I got more of the... You uh, got more of the Dean Martin I got him. more of the yeah. Dean Martin vibe out of him. Well, okay, so you've got, you've got uh, what's-her-name, Breaking Into Song. <coughs> and it was literally like yeah, the yeah. theme song for that. It was like the... It was the theme song for the movie. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the the she the just she kept singing through the whole thing, and then the guy's like, you can stop singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you even told her. she does. Yes. And then she does, and the music just stops. Uh, and then um, the, the I couldn't put my finger on whether I loved it or I thought it was the stupidest thing ever was the, the one henchman... Who? Oh, the he animal was, noises. Yeah, guy? He, he got. Kicked, I thought that was quirky yeah, and fun. Yeah, he got kicked in the head when he was a kid or something like that by a horse, and now he can. He all he does is talk in in. Uh, in Except that when he did talk a little bit, yeah, when yeah, he, yeah, when yeah, he yeah, had yeah. that kind of weird voice. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he falls in love with Rosita. Who does I, that? <laughs> I kind of was just like, where? Whoa, yeah. Whoa, there. We're on a deserted island. <laughs> 
And then when Sparks Moran goes and there's a phone booth. Yeah. I was like, all right, what? The and then fuck he's talking about the plan on? with the other guy just standing there. Yes. I can't talk much because there's someone waiting for the phone. <laughs> like, I thought this was a deserted island. You know, then... it, you could almost have left Sparks Moran out. I just uh, had some fun with the crew and the yeah. Cubans and the yeah. monster and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was trying to do too much. There you go. And it wasn't doing any of them well. No. But altogether, like you said, this movie needs a sequel. This one, there were times where I was watching it thinking, and I keep thinking like this, is, oh, this needs to be a comic book. Yeah. There's enough with Sparks Moran, not XK150, but Sparks Moran, just to make it fun. Did you guys look up Sparks Moran? Uh -uh. Robert Town? He's a writer. He became a writer and director. He wrote Chinatown. Yeah. Oh. He wrote the first two Mission Impossible movies. He wrote and directed Tequila Sunrise. I believe he directed Chinatown. Like, yeah, he's uh, there's another one of the Corbin legacy where he lets all these young guys yeah. in his movies and they all become somebody. Yeah, it's crazy. I have no idea that was Robert Town, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. I was like, I was like, who who are some of these people? And well, then it, you know what? It stuck him in that kind of genre. Yeah, I mean, like Corman must have made such an impact on him that he just stayed stuck in that kind of heist. He probably talked that way his whole life. <laughs> I mean, look at I mean, Cameron was a special effects guy. He's made all he's done is made special effects movies ever oh, yeah. since you know. Oh yeah, hardcore Bill Paxton. Never really was. Uh... <laughs> he was set dressing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I thought this was kind of a fun little film. Like I said, it had the the morality of uh, the wicked die and the innocent lived. And the monster ended up with the gold. And the, the monster, gold. Yeah. guess yeah, guess who ended up with the gold or whatever. You know, it had it had a lot of great ingredients. But then he shoved it in a blender and spun yeah. it around. Because you had too many. You had spy. You had horror. You had comedy. Just all kind of. I'm yeah. no seriously. A serious version of this as a Netflix series. You get you. I, I'm. You could do. A, you could. You could get dust hold on out of this. Like a, a crime. A crime mashup with a monster movie. I yeah. think that would be f fantastic. Yeah. You'd need a better monster. Oh uh, hell yeah. And you need to have mango. Ball and ping pong you gotta balls include in mango. Mango in the Netflix series. Yeah, you gotta have to. Have, you have to have Mango. I the thought whore? she was underutilized. She's not a whore. She's she was no, the she daughter. Was the whore. She was no, the daughter. No, her mother would send her to talk the, to. The <laughs> mother was the, the technically. She was the pimp. Yeah, yeah. She but Mango. Her out. Mango. I just have to get them hot. Yeah, I, get them I just hot. have to get them hot, and then they will do. They will buy things. They buy hats. They buy hats. Watch what you call Mango. She's not a whore. Mango's a whore. And that's why she died. And that's why she died viciously and horribly. And they didn't even show her. Because the whole... They just showed her bit, like her empty her bathing suit. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. That's all they showed. Was her out of her clothes. She died naked and alone. I'm uh, watching the trailers the on this and IMDb. All of the stuff is in color. The one I watched was, was black and white. Yeah, so was, I watched yeah. black and white too. Black and white. Oh. Hmm. Turner recolorized. Yes. Recolorized, oh, I'm sure. I bet they could have. You know what would be fun is a movie that was a serious movie with the whole, and then uh, you have Sparks Moran in it who has nothing to do with anything. 
Like, he has no effect on the plot at all. He didn't really have an effect on the yeah, plot. He, he didn't. No, he didn't, because he was bad at his job, and that was what was funny. And then he made reference to the fact that he was bad at his job. But uh, Rosina, I, I don't remember who it was who fell in love with him. Yeah, where I, I don't even know where she came from. Was she on the deserted island? Uh, no, she was brought back by Happy Jack. Yes. From when he went to town. Yes. To pick up some copper line and a hundred pound of yeast. (laughs) (laughs) To start that rum business. (laughs) Business. No, he brought her back from town. Yeah. And that, because she says, I'm sorry, but I'm in love with Sparks. She she would always just be rubbing his hair and he'd be like, yeah, because he, he was obsessed. He was obsessed with the other one. Yes, the mean yeah. one. Mary Bell. Mary Bell. Yeah. I love you, Mary Bell. I thought it was funny that he would always have these big expressions of love with the one guy standing right there. Yeah. Yes, I love you. He treats you like shit, Mary Bell. <laughs> Bunch of love triangles going on. But I've known women like Mary Bell, and so I was like, oh, that's never going to end well, and it didn't. <laughs> well, hopefully, this segment will end well. What was the uh, star rating for Creature from the Haunted Sea? Um. On a B scale? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's it's uh, Corman. It's a different genre for him. Uh, I got to give it uh, three and a half, which may seem high, but it's uh, Corman. I was good with two and a half. Two and a half. I'll Average. split the difference. I'll say three. No, I got to go with Brian. I like this. I, I, I like this one. It was quirky. It was a monster. It was bad. It was everything that I wanted in a B movie. Plus, Mary Bell was just freaking viciously awesome. <laughs> Give it a watch. Let us know what you think. So for this edition of Sunday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater, we watched Master of the Flying Guillotine from 1976, written, directed, and starring Jimmy Wang Yu, starring, uh, also starring Kam Kang, Doris Long, Lao, Car Wing, and Philip Kwok, and this is a direct sequel to the movie that started Sunday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater, One-Armed Boxer, in which, uh... The one-armed boxer kills two Buddhist monks and their master, who is the master of the flying guillotine, (laughs) seeks his revenge on the one-armed boxer. And we've got uh, our very own one-armed boxer, and it's not Brian on a Friday night. It is Dr. Rich. (laughs) you got to put it behind you. That's the the kicker. Yeah. There you go. Now you're you're official. Can he podcast with one arm? Uh, one arm tied behind his back. Yeah, it, it also feels like a sequel to uh, The Flying Guillotine. The Flying Guillotine yeah. as well. Now, um, taking this many heads. Now, some of us say guillotine and some of us say guillotine. Uh, and that is uh, whether or not you have a lot of French in you. I have none, but I still say guillotine because I'm the words guy. Guillotine. Guillotine. So I usually just... say guillotine. All right, so uh, yes, the uh, the the, the uh, evil henchman of the Manchus goes after the one-armed boxer. He's disguised as a Buddhist monk. 
they have uh, a pretty cool tournament fight with a <clears> bunch <throat> of different styles. Uh, they have, again, it's just like one-arm boxer where they have the Thai kickboxer, they have the Hindu guy who can <laughs> yeah. apparently Especially extend his limbs, guys, yeah. which has got to be a direct influence on Street Fighter because that's the, the Hindu guy and that can do those that. Guys are, those guys are flexible. And then uh, there's the, the, the stoic Japanese... Uh, Warrior with that, he was a cool, he was a badass dude. I thought he was like the man with no name or something like that. He had yeah. the straw hat and stuff. And it, the and the the thing that I like about this, it's not flashy kung fu. It's actually kind of almost barely passable kung fu. Mm-hmm. But it's thought like the one arm boxer thinks things through. Yeah. He's not like, well, I'm just gonna go learn this technique to go beat their technique. It's like, well. This guy runs around barefoot all the time, so I'm going to superheat the floor of this hut. <laughs> that was fucking cool. Yeah. That was yeah. fuck. I thought that was fucking brilliant. I mean, in a really um, brutal way. Yes, but, thank yes. you. That was. I mean, the brutality in that was. I kept watching as he was just burnt to shit. Yeah. And they show him. Yeah. The, well, then they haul out his, his carcass, and it's like they show the bottom of his feet. It's like, ooh, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. And I even liked the fact he had to go stand in water afterwards. Cause yeah, because <laughs> of his own feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wanted to last another second in there or whatever, yeah. So, I, I, if this is a sequel, I did not watch the first. The first one we watched, like, literally six months ago, and it actually spawned, like, it was a people, when we were doing People Also Watch segments, this was a People Also Watch of, like, Donnie Darko or something. And this started, <laughs> it was something goofy it was, like it that. Was, it was uh, and this actually started <clears throat> us watching Kung Fu movies. Uh, One Arm Boxer started us watching Kung Fu movies on a weekly basis. So for somebody who, uh, if there was a tie, I found it interesting that they started off with the villain and kind of, you know, and then he found out that his two Disciple. henchmen, disciples, were killed. And I thought, oh, okay, so this guy is going to go and seek out this one-armed boxer. This one-armed boxer must be, you know, must be the bad guy. And it ended up not being... It was the reverse. It yeah. was the reverse, the reverse which yeah. I, I actually thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it, it was. You know, I thought it was going to be starting, uh, and I was interested to see where it was going to go, if it was the other side of um, the equation. Because uh, Flying Guillotine, or Guillotine, <laughs> that was the, uh, the uh, what are they called? The fucking, who took over? The Manchus. Manchus. The Manchus were the bad guy. In this time, in this one, I thought they were going to flip it and get the Manchus to be the good people, and they were fighting the bad uh, Chinese people. Uh, but no, no, it didn't go that way, and I was excited that it didn't. But uh, it was the bad blind people. Who, yeah, that that yeah. whole contingent of evil blind people. There's a lot more than you think. Uh, Finding guys who which move their ears. That was wicked. <laughs> That was I didn't know that became a power when you were blind. Blind. That's the the second or third time we've seen that with the blind. I think they did that in Cripple Masters. Yeah, I think they did too. (laughs) And and the White Lotus, I think the guy had. Yeah, yeah, it was. uh, 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 And there was one where they were doing the. (laughs) What was it? There was another one where there was a training where they were all blindfolded and they were moving their ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I liked the concept of it. I do love the fact that there were certain times where he seemed to walk cautiously, and then there were other times where it was like, 
I found their secret hut. Come with me. And then all of a sudden he's just running through the streets and through these cave, this, these little, this little maze kind of thing. And I was like, wow, the, he is amazing because he's running through that and there's no caution echo, to the wind. His feet hitting there is causing oh, it's daredevil, man. man. It's all echolocation. Well, his yeah. ears can move. Everybody knows that. <laughs> And then what you do is you get a bunch of birds to throw them off. <laughs> that was uh, that was cool. The birds. Yeah. I actually I thought um, the posts of bamboo, like when he figured out ba- that that metal can't cut bamboo when he's standing on all the bamboo. I thought that was like, dude, that's like Batman level clever yeah. right there. Yeah. That was cool. I don't know why he just didn't beat the fuck out of the old man with the birds there, because the old man could still find him, which I thought was surprising. But he would let out these. Uh, like a burst of birds. Yeah. And then the old man would be like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Chirp, 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 chirp. And then, uh, and then he would find him again. Uh, or maybe he was just flailing madly and just, it was a small hut. But uh, I would have thought if I was the one-armed boxer that I would have uh, certainly taken some shots. The old man was badass. I mean, he yeah. was, there was no fucking around with him. No. he, The one... A part of the story that I just kind of was like, oh, I thought that was a little bit was the uh, the bounty hunter dude with the, the cool, straw hat. Yeah. yeah, he just kind of all of a sudden he had this cool part, and then he kind of got obsessed with the girl, and then it was just kind of like he just kind of was not used. Yeah, he anymore. was just one of the guys yeah. that the one arm boxer ended up killing. You know. Yeah, and I was like, this guy's kind of awesome, and they just didn't use. Yeah, him. no, and, and and to your point, like. So he had to be real clever to beat the Thai guy. He had to be clever to beat the Hindu guys. And this was just, he was like, he was just fighting the guy. There was yes. like no trick to it. There was no, I didn't think this through. It was just like, oh, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. Yes. Uh, he had to be clever to beat the um, the blind guy. Yeah. So they just needed a guy to knock the shit out of. Just a punching bag. <laughs> uh, and that's what happens with a lot of guys. Uh, they're they're very talented. They uh, they have a strong career. They're focused, and then they meet a woman. Wow! <laughs> you couldn't have timed that any better. That is the wisdom whistle. <laughs> Actually, I thought there was a good-looking woman passing the uh, and Brian's. And the steam started coming out of Brian's ears like in a cartoon. Well, that's also the horny whistle. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me that he would become obsessed with the girl who is now obsessed with the one-armed boxer. Am I looking into it too much just because yes, I like... Probably. Yes. Um, I like Big Trouble in Little China. Is there a little connection there between the cool bounty hunter dude and then one of the uh, henchmen the in... The Storms? The Storms? Yeah. Other than they all had the cool influence. straw hats. Yeah. Well, no, and you're talking like the the guy in the in this movie was Japanese. Okay. And the guys in Big Trouble in China were Chinese, but they all have. I mean that that whole they had China and Japan had so much influence on each other's culture that everybody and then the and the straw hat comes from like pick you know working in the rice paddies or working in a farm or something like that. It's it's right. basically the cowboy hat. Of, of Asia, if you will. But it was just kind of the way they filmed it, the way they did it, how, how he just kind of would he eventually reveal this face. And he was just kind of like, he, it just kind of carried that Carpenter was a student of these this genre of film before he made Big Trouble. I'm sure it probably, I mean, and I'm sure that, and 
I'm sure it's in so many different movies too. Sure, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the you know the Sergio Leone when you're you, the one the man with no name is like you know and then he picks his head up and you you just get like his squinty eyes underneath the yeah. brim of his hat or something like that. I'm sure that's a, a kind of a technique or whatever to you know a, 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 a shot deal. technique or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In my in my limit with you know Sunday morning kung fu and but it did it, as soon as I saw that I was just like oh big trouble. Little chat. I'm like, that's cool, and I I like that character. I didn't. Uh, I thought. I also thought that the the martial arts was gritty. Yes, it's, it's not a dance. It wasn't an art. Yeah, and that like when uh, when I was last on, we did what was it? The eight. It was the Shaw brothers, and it was the it was much more of a like a, the it was almost like dance numbers in that previous yeah. yeah and this was this was basically yeah I'm gonna kick you in in the chest right yes. here, you know and it was very gritty and the and the tournament that they had was just you know one on one kind of thing and what why do you think that the dude with the with the feet and stuff didn't just jump through the roof everybody seems like they can just jump through a roof he was he's a tie boxer he was a tie boxer so he didn't have the. He didn't have he didn't like have the, the, jump the roof. He didn't have power. the wire because he was tied. They didn't let let, let him have the uh, wires tied to his back. Yeah, got it. Okay, and they made him kind of a uh, barbarian. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, spitting. I. One it, thing about Jimmy Wang Yu is is that he, the characters are all. It's not like you have like these interchangeable. They're all very distinctive. Yes. Like I, I like the. That might have been the first time I ever seen outside of Doctor Midnight somebody with an owl owl perched on their shoulder. Oh, yeah! And he threw the he literally threw the owl at the guy. I was like, yeah, what the? F-? I was like, I've never seen that ever in anything. <laughs> and it, and it, it hit him. It hit him. Yeah. It, it gouged him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a lot of aviary nonsense in this. A lot uh, of birds. with the owl. Yeah, a lot of and, birds. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the um, and one just a word of warning: Do not try this at home. Um, it's it's really hard and and it hurt a lot. Is I tried to do on uh, we have a wicker basket like a laundry basket. I tried to do the jumping on the and walk around it and uh, I nearly killed myself. I can only was, get halfway. It was bad. Up the basket. Definitely. <laughs> had, <laughs> Which I thought was great when the one arm boxer did that. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about when he jumped on the yes, and he and you have you have a laundry basket that, that that's that large. Uh, no, it isn't. No. But I still tried to, to oh, walk. There you go. The I mean, you didn't have the, the proportions. Uh, yes, it doesn't have the enforcement and yeah. What did? Now I'm going to teach you how to jump. And they ran all across the ceiling. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. now next week. Wait, you didn't teach anybody anything. <laughs> you just ran across the fucking ceiling. And then you only did it one other time in the movie. I would be running across ceilings constantly. <laughs> I actually did like that when he's when his students are all practicing and he's going out and he's like, no. Yes. Yes. Here, here yeah. move. No, this. Put your leg here. You yeah. punch like this. You know, it was. And, it and was then like, he would hit the guy's yeah. arm and kick him, knock and him kick all his back. Leg. And, <laughs> yeah. Was, yes. Okay. In your guys's version, did they cut in between? Uh, English and then subtitles yes, was, and then was, yes. yes, I was like. I have a feeling what we got was the full movie when it was originally cut for dubbing for the United States or for England or whatever. They cut the parts out yes. that were in Chinese. Okay. We got the soundtrack 
for the dubbing, and then you know, oh, and then I think they just leave in the chi- you know, like the the Chinese soundtrack. So I think that that was the only way I could figure out that it were how yeah, it worked there, like that. It would, you wouldn't have dubbing in parts that they cut out. Yeah, and I, I again, I, yeah, I did was you watch actually, it on Tubi. Okay, did you watch it on Tubi? No, okay. I didn't. I did Amazon oh. Prime, uh, and I I was trying to find. I wanted to have the non dubbed version. Okay, and I. Some of these, yeah, where you're not going to get that outside of no. China or whatever. And but when it cut into it, I was just like, "Oh, okay, here we go." I didn't get it, but I was like, "This is what I want." And, it, and then it went right back. At and least then it, it went wasn't, right back. It wasn't was like, a dub with oh. the actual English subtitles that were completely the opposite thing. Yeah. Of what, Have you that seen was that one. We've done that no, a couple times. They're actually, yeah, yeah, the dub. The the dub is different than the subtitles. Oh, it's t- totally. It's an English dub, and they're saying it, but as you're reading, it's a different movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Those were those are a couple of them were were hard to take. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. All right. So we got gritty uh, action packed kung fu. Was this better than Flying Guillotine? Yes. This is a little bit more what you were looking for. Guillotine was guillotine. See, I did it for you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) It's a little bit more. uh, It wasn't quite the weapon the ones from Flying Guillotines were. No. They didn't encompass your head and take it off. This one seemed more like a... Like a big giant yeah. uh, paper, you know, like those big paper cutters where yeah. you can, you know, it just... Whack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but still, uh, you had the twitching. And you had the one guy who was decapitated in the ring where yeah, he yeah. keeps walking. <laughs> but this seems like a like could more likely be a weapon than yeah. the other one. It the, the use of the other one was just impractical. Yes. <laughs> I can throw it and cause it to go down just in time. It got comical almost. Well, you know doing. what? And I was reading about the flying guillotine. You were. I was. And so when it hits your head, there's a switch. Boom. And then it drops the thing. Okay. So there's a pressure. So you actually have to get it on And then head. when it hits, it, it causes the slicing. The, the, the when you pull on the chain, oh, yeah. it causes the blades to okay. come. So it's actually the pulling on the chain causes the chain, the bur- and then the pulling of the head. So you had to have slack, uh, a lot of slack all the time, or else it yes. would go off prematurely. Yes. Like Brian and on then never wor- <laughs> And then never works. I right? just slow down. Um. <laughs> just tries again. <laughs> So what was the uh, what was the venom rating on uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine? You know what I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was an interesting film. I really liked it. Uh, I will give it three stars or three flying guillotines or three venoms. I'm not exactly sure what one we're using. Three lotus flowers. <laughs> I'll concur. I I thought some of the things were really clever in it. I actually like the whole dance fighting. Better than this? Yeah. But I'll give it three. I'm going to give it three. I I prefer the artistry, the dance over this kind of gritty. I like Jimmy uh, Wang Yu. It's a nice palate cleanser from the the fancy stuff that the, uh, like the Venomob does and stuff like that. I thought that being a cl- the the hero was clever as opposed to being you know a super great fighter or whatever. I'm gonna say three and a half deadly venoms. Give it a watch. Let us know what you think. All right, so Brian has got us deep diving here, and for our special segment of people also watched, we watched 
Las Luchadoras contra El Medico Asesenio, released in the United States as Doctor of Doom. And this is the origin story of, uh, is it Glory... It's Gloria Venus and Gloria Venus and uh, Gold Ruby. Goldie Ruby. Golden Gold 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 Ruby. So yes, you have a mad doctor kidnapping women and attempting to insert a brain in them. Did we ever get an explanation of why he was doing this? No. He just Uh, was no, but they were all weak. Yes, they were all weak, but he needed to get a woman of character and substance in order to, for her to have survived this experiment. Yeah, I loved how it was, uh, these are all poor women of low intelligence. <laughs> perhaps that's perhaps we need a greater IQ. And then they get the greater IQ, and it doesn't work. And then we need, okay, perhaps a greater IQ and a constitution. <laughs> yes. She has to be athletic. Yes, yeah, so you have... Uh... Let's see here. So this was directed by Rene Cardona, written by Alfredo Salazar, and starring the team of Lorena Velasquez, Elizabeth Campbell, and uh, the boyfriend Armando Silvestri, who was a wrestler in his own right. Oh, really? Yes. And, uh, yes, you have the Mad Doctor kidnapping women. Uh, you have the meeting of uh, uh, the tag, t- the future tag team and uh, the mystery of who the Mad Doctor is, who's been killing women. Which I thought was so funny because they don't really stress that. And every time you saw him in the beginning of the movie, he's doing surgery. So for him to have a mask on, you're like, okay. And then it wasn't until the end where we need to figure out who his secret identity is. Well, he, I mean, he literally comes to the wrestling ring with the the wrestling match with the lucha mask. Yes. Yeah. Ah, my creation vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> But they kept showing him when he wasn't in surgery with a whole hood on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I know you, you don't wear a hood when you're not at work. No. Like, I don't go to your house and you're wearing the hood. You don't show up at the right time. To <laughs> yes. Well, I get it, but he the wasn't Doctor the only hood. one. He wasn't the only one. I know, there I were know, two. There were two of them. Right. So I was like, well, Which, there was why one is that it was so clearly super... in charge? Yeah, well, yes, I know that. Well, no, and then the guy's assistant, like, they catch him first. Yes. So they're like, oh, we've caught the Mad Doctor, and then the... the, the Grizzly kidnappings and murders continue or whatever. Yes. No, I, I just thought it was kind of funny. Like, oh, I didn't realize that this was a big part of the movie. Like, oh. you know, like, let's who cares? find out like, who you, the yeah, secret is. You didn't. Oh, I didn't know it was you. Uh, except they had to go with a whole other Two-Face thing. Yes, because they throw uh, acid in his acid face. Acid in the well, And that's face. why I thought he had the, the wrestling mask on. Because at that point, they revealed that it was the professor. And now he's scarred, so now he's got to put the mask on. But not everybody knew that. That had not been... No. It was not generally known. Right. Oh, that Uh, was one where the audience figured it out ahead. I mean, like, everybody had this figured out ahead. Yes. The kindly professor at... uh, at uh, uh, Golden Ruby's sister's work or whatever, yes. was it actually the Mad Doctor or yeah. whatever? Yes. Yes, he talked like this. Oh, I, yes. I was just, I dude, I, so I, terrible. I was like, dude, this guy is literally Brian's James Mason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like sitting there going, that, I could not get that out of my head. <laughs> and it's dubbed. Let me so watch. I was oh. like, this is great. I would love to hear what he did in his original. In his Lucha Libre yes. movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you've got, of course, what was it, Gorak or whatever? In, in a, in a, in, it's usually the other way around. It's usually you put the human brain in the in the gorilla's 
body. Yeah. And he put the gorilla brain in the man's body. And of course, yes. this would transform the man into the beast. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's make working. His, yeah. El yes. Romano Gomar. Gomar. Gerardo. El Romano Gomar. See, he's changing. I like the one day he won't even know who I am. He'll be just as dangerous to me as everyone else. But I have him hypnotized now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And even, that's what you do. No, I won't take your meat, Gomar. Because he kept pulling away. <laughs> I thought the guy did a great job with that. With the big fucking side of beef that yes. he was gnawing on. There is a precedent in Lucha Libre, especially in the 50s and 60s, of that there was always a uh, Carvanario, a caveman, you know, like the, the barbarian oh, or the caveman uh-huh. or something like that. I think this guy was, was probably supposed to be something like is that. Is that well, where George Animal Steel came from with oh, WWE? Could have been. Very well could, very well be. could have been. I thought it was fun that in the beginning they give you the wrestlers and they were actual wrestlers. So those were the wrestlers oh, in them. Yeah. Gold, let's put it this way Golden Ruby and Gloria Venus, when they were in the ring, it weren't them. Oh. What? <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to break the, th- the fourth wall on you I there, Keith. I thought when they were wrestling, their shoulders got bigger. <laughs> uh, but what I also found interesting, and perhaps you can explain this to me, is that they have the director. But then they had the American director for the American version. Yes, so I would think that that was the guy who literally took because this wasn't one of those. I don't. It didn't strike me as this was one of those bad translations. This was we took this we took the Spanish script and we just converted it to English. Mm-hmm. There may have been some, and actually, um, uh, the American director the, the the DVDs are actually put out as the George K whatever. He's the guy version. who yeah he's the guy who made the American versions. Right, and I have a feeling that he was the guy who directed like the voice talent to do the dubs and stuff like that, and oh, to, okay. to actually do the translation and stuff like that. Because I honestly don't think I mean this movie was kind of ridiculous enough in its, in itself. I, it's not like they I think it got more ridiculous in the English translation. No. I think they were literally taking the Spanish version and just yes. rewriting it in English type of thing. Yeah. Like some of the, as we've seen some of the the Asian films where it's like the the story's completely different than the dub. Like you know, no, I, I'm going to say yeah. This was this is pretty much. So, Doctor Rich, was this your first uh, Lucha Libre versus a monster movie? <laughs> yeah. What did you What did you think of the of the overall uh, the genre? <laughs> was this your first Lucha uh, Libre versus a monster movie? I thought uh, so. I really, I liked Lorena Velasquez and Elizabeth and Campbell. I oh, thought dude, they, both of them were awesome. Yeah, I thought they were great. And the scene where the guys sneak into their room and then they just kick the shit out of them, <laughs> and the guys are literally they have to literally the jumping out the window. <laughs> but they 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 did a good job with their action sequences. And uh, Elizabeth <laughs> Campbell is, I mean, they're both really, really attractive. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I got to say, I enjoyed it. I, the one thing that kind of started to wear thin on me is, oh, here's a practice scene. And and I was just like, okay, ten seconds, ten seconds. I'm I'm fast forwarding. I'm you like, can't get that good without practice. I know, and it was great that we got to but, see it. But wait, you missed a lot. No, I actually didn't. <laughs> and then the match is like, I was like, oh, here's another match. And we watched the whole wrestling match. Well, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. But but that was the fun of it. Yeah, you, the the first one, the, the first one of these we watched, they literally had the plot device in the movie was put on wager by the winner of this wrestling match. 
And that's part of the joys of this movie. Like, they you've never them. seen an El Santo movie. He's literally investigating the murder of a dozen women. Well, yes, Commissioner, I'll get right back on the case. But first, I have a wrestling match. And they show the entire yeah. wrestling match. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the genre. Okay. So it's I, about I, the wrestling. I did, the, I did yeah, miss the, that. Um, and I, but I, I gotta say, I enjoyed so the tag yeah. team match, especially with the, uh, the, the girl, she's just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, hitting her arm and they're cheating. I mean, they're dirty. Yeah. And I was like, this is, versus this is outstanding. This is, that was the, that was uh, wrestling when I was a kid, when I was little, that was wrestling. You had bruiser and crusher and, and that's the look of it. Sure. Was, uh, it was not the fancy oh, at yeah. all. Oxbaker. Well, and Ox Baker with the heart punch. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's the claw, <laughs> Baron von Raschke. Yeah, and then I grew up with you know WWF when it got Hulk Hogan Hulk and Hogan, George yeah. Animal Steel and Randy, Macho, Randy Man, Macho Savage, Man Savage, Mike Ricky Steel. the Dragon, Steamboats, you know all that. Greatest rest, one of the greatest wrestling <laughs> matches of all time. So yes, um, so yeah, I but I I enjoyed it, and I I actually I enjoyed the the story. I thought it was. It was fun, so I gotta say I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it grows on you. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just to say, because what the hell, uh, this was the first uh, gold Those ruby wrestling women movies. Uh, we actually watched the yeah, second, the second one first. Yeah, yeah, we watched the second one first. There's four of them. Really, with these two, they were yeah. a and so, franchise way uh, before the. So they're partners. It's like yes. Yeah. This is how they met, and then the next film, which was the one we watched last week, they fight the Aztec Mummy, which is the second time the Aztec Mummy's been fought, because the robot Technically the, the fourth first. time, because the there's three Aztec Mummy movies with men. Right, yes, that was, yes, there were three Aztec Mummy movies prior to that. Before they wrestled him, they did And now we, we've got two more to watch that were... And I, you know what, we may stick a little bit with this... Uh, the Mexican wrestling movies, because I'm having a good time with them. I am kind of curious about Elizabeth Campbell. Uh, I didn't read too much about her, but we could, she's American who ended up... She did a lot of Mexican wrestling movies, yeah. and then she, did, uh, yeah. she came back to New York and just disappeared. Really? Yeah, we we yeah. found that out last week. Oh. Yeah, she just disappeared. Hmm. And so uh, I found nothing on her after... I don't know if she's alive or dead. Yeah, he or... can't find her. She doesn't exist. Yeah, because that means I at least Googled her twice. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those, you know, it said Elizabeth Campbell nude. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's just default. He types in a female yeah. name and a nude pops up. Yeah. That just comes up. Yeah. No. yeah. Did you mean... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you spell it wrong? Yeah. For you, it's, did you mean so-and-so nude? <laughs> oh, actually, I did. Thank you, Siri. Or thank you, Google. All right, so how does this one compare to the uh, Aztec Mummy? Uh, it was just as silly, just as fun. Uh, you know, I kept... When when they go up the water tower, I'm like, oh, that's a great escape plan. <laughs> if you run around to the other side and climb down the ladder there and they miss you, where did they go? Oh, my God. <laughs> But other than that, that poor wrestler quickly Vendetta, run to the water tower. <laughs> what? <laughs> Vendetta was a little windy when she got up there. But oh, she was. Did you? But didn't <laughs> you? Did you feel the stress of it <clears throat> though? Did you feel the stress of it because it, when the guy started shooting, 
if he doesn't hit them, the the town's water is gone. gone. I mean, that's huge. But but you know what I, I couldn't it. figure out? I felt the stress. I couldn't figure out what, uh, okay, destroy him, Vendetta. And so she starts, like, kicking his fingers. And he's in the cage, the safety cage. <laughs> and then he's not. And then all of a sudden, he's, like, trying to climb out of it. And I'm like, what are you, what are you <laughs> That's doing? That's what there for. Yeah. Right. Jorge, climb back in. Yeah. Climb back towards the... And then you just take your thing, your hands, and put them on the safety bar where that's right behind you. Right, because it's a, it's like a barrel. Even just sit you got back. A safety bar, yeah. Sit back and you just and gra- yeah, grab her foot, twist it. But then all of a sudden he was up there. He got up there. <laughs> he did. He did get up there, and uh, and thank God he did. And then uh, that sharpshooter it, was fucking amazing. Well, and it was Two the little short, It was the comic relief guy. Yes. yes. The short guy, well, yeah. Tommy or whatever. Short shoot. But we knew, uh, at least we got to see how uh, him and Golden Ruby fell in love. Yes. Yeah. Because that was uh, was a big part of the second movie. We were like, oh, that was great. Because uh, they're in love. And he's obviously the guy who was falling was the captain. So uh, he was an important, important man. Uh, and he gets tied in with, uh, with the wrestling chicks who solve murders. Uh, tell me that this doesn't need to keep going. I I'm honestly surprised that this has a, that this genre has. A, I mean, and actually, uh, if you've ever heard of him, Rey Mysterio, has always wanted to do one of these movies. Rey Mysterio? Uh, yeah, he's a he's a WWE guy, but he's oh. a, he's a he's like literally a loot store mask guy for the longest time. You never saw his face, type of thing. Uh, Mil Mascaris did him. Oh yeah, Mil Mascaris, El Santo, Blue Demon. There's there a yeah. whole there's a whole they, string. Of um, and we loved Mil Mascaris when I was a kid. He was like a superhero. What? What do you mean Nothing. like? I'm listening to you. What do you mean like? Sorry. Man of a thousand was a All right. Well, our journey into the wrestling women genre continues next week. What are we? Uh, is it going to do Panther Women or whatever? Uh, no, we're doing She-Wolves of the Ring. She-Wolves of the Ring. She-Wolves <laughs> of the Ring. I only have She-Wolves of the SS. That doesn't count, does it? She-Wolves of the SS? No, that's 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 an entire yeah, that's a genre that's yeah. a genre unto itself. That's a huge genre. All right, we're stick with us with the wrestling women. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! All right, so we've been following along with the latest Star Wars offering on the Disney app, and that is the Bad Batch. And we just watched uh, episode five, which is entitled "Entombed," and this features. We knew she was coming in here because they featured her pretty prominently in the uh, uh, series opener here. Fee Genoa, who is a space pirate and voiced by the wonderful one of Sykes, takes them on a treasure hunt. Which is what the whole season seems to be. <laughs> treasure hunt after treasure hunt. Uh, yeah, so the Wrecker and Omega are in a scrapyard. They find a bunch of crap or whatever. They bring it back and they're like going through it and she goes, oh wait, this is a, this is a map. And uh, it's a fancy crystalline map with the uh, and it's a treasure map, and they go to a deserted planet, and the uh, treasure is the heart of the mountain, apparently. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Fijinoa knows all these ancient treasures or whatever. Uh, they brave all the uh, obstacles in their path. They get the heart of the uh, mountain, and it, instead of, when they pull it out, it activates this kind of huge dinosaur walker. Kaiju robot. Kaiju yes. robot. Uh, and, uh, that's about it. 
Well, it destroys things. It, just, it does destroy things. It's got <laughs> Godzilla-like breath. We're not sure what it, what what. It was, they wanted a deserted planet. The only yeah. jeopardy in this was, oh, if they if it wrecks the ship, then we're stuck here. Yeah. Well, Which except happens. that the implication is that because of these weapons, that's the reason why there is no one living on the planet yeah. because these weapons of mass destruction have made the planet uninhabitable. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I find it interesting. One question I had was, how did it get in? Like, what happened that it all of a sudden is in a mountain now? Just time. What was it made? Thousand for? years. Of, yeah, they they were they kept insinuating. Well, this is a thousand years before the Republic and this and that or whatever. Yeah. So, so it's been it's been there a long time, and you know, shit just wind blows, that's dirt the, moves. That's the other thing that I'm kind of curious about is they it, that seemed to be a big stress in that this is it predates the Jedi. And I kind of am curious as to, is this going to be something that they're going to, that opens the door for something else down the line? Like, it just, you know, we, instead of always having to go forward in stories, is this going to open up something where they're going to start to explore? And is there going to be future series that are going to be predating the Jedi? And yes, yes, there already is. Was it the old Republic? High Republic. High Republic. So yeah, I'm I'm cuz they really stressed how old it is. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Did anyone else get the feeling the Wanda Sykes character seemed a lot like Dr. Afra? The Indiana not, Jones. I know you guys all read Dr. Afra. I do not read Dr. Afra. I'm like but let's put it this way, this was more than just a tribute to Indiana Jones movies. Oh yeah. This was like down to the score. I loved it. I thought it was a little heavy-handed myself. Wow! Did not it was not. I, I mean, it just was not a fan of this episode. Huh? I love the score, the build-up. And that's what I thought as soon as it came out. I was like, man, this is good. This is Raiders. So shout out to Kevin Kiner who was this who did the score. the 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 issue comes in. You've got a half an hour to lay out this whole thing, um, and sometimes it's just too quick. To give you the real, um, to make you feel like there's some kind of danger. Because all of a sudden, it's just one thing after another. It just has to be. And they have to figure it out quickly. Um, what's fun in those is the mystery about it. And and Wanda Sykes just knew all the answers. Well, that's the heart of the mountain. The it's fuck? A- it's a... Yeah, we should say that Space Pirate apparently in this universe is not somebody that goes and raids ships. It's somebody who goes and is like a treasure raider or something like that. It reminded me of, uh, who was Picard's girlfriend? And Next Generation, the archaeologist who was always in trouble. Posh? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's who it reminded me of. I thought she was going to be a Space Pirate, but it turned out she's more of a... Well, uh, Dr. Afra. Except that if they, if they, why not just use Dr. Afra? That's why right. I was shocked. I Except was like, that she's evil. Well. I mean, there's that. And so if they said, this is Dr. Not, Afra. We're not sure what she is. She's going after know. treasures that, you know, she, yeah. she's raiding things. She's <laughs> not usually a good person. No. It's, it's usually And she not. hangs out with Sid. Yeah. Again, a quasi-bad person. Bad person. So... It's it, underbelly. There's a lot of underbelly. Yeah. 
Right. Well, you guys said it before. You think that it, they're setting it up so that one of them, and it, now, now it could be both of them, is going to turn on the Bad Batch. And this is just, a, now they've had a, a previous episode focused on Sid, and now this one focuses on this character, and they're playing a prominent role in it. So it seems like that's where they're continuing to go. I think you guys were right on that. Just season seems to be trudging along. Yeah, this the, the last the, the, one was the last one we we agreed upon was filler, but it was fun filler. Yeah, this one was like, you know, I was literally like, is this over yet? You know, like I just this did not do. I mean, and I'm as huge a fan of Raiders as anybody else. This just did not do anything for me. Wow, that just surprises me. Anytime I get to see tick, <laughs> I just love it. Her her saying the word or actually the actual character. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with it. Yeah. It just seems like there's a a number of episodes and maybe that's maybe in the past. Yeah, seems like Gilligan's Island. There's one place going nowhere. Yeah. There there's has anybody picked out an overarching No. No story for this one yet? Uh -uh. No. Okay. Neither have I, so That's what I'm saying. Is there one? Is there? It's either going to be brilliant, and we're going to go, "Oh my god!" and it'll all tie together, or it's just going to be a series of episodes. It's just a of huge adventures. bridge, and they'll, they'll leave something at the end of the season for next season. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to start a story arc that is going to have, you know, Sid and whatever her name is, Wanda Sykes' character, be prominent, and now you have a little bit more of a base with them. Yeah, and they wanted to make them both likable. Is what they were doing. Yes. Wanda Sykes is fun, and she's crazy, and she's like the aunt that you wish you had. Yeah. That would take you to Woodfield, and it would be an adventure. And then uh, Sid is like uh, the cool stepmom. Let you stay up late and watch Let, Doctor Yeah, and, uh, and have a nip of wine. Yeah, so what they've done is that, so that when they, the shoe drops, and they... It'll kick you in the gut. Yep. All right, anything to add? And then Hunter takes one of them out through the fucking eye. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I want crosshairs back. I want crosshairs back, too. Well, and that's where, you know, they did that. I liked the that episode. Was, that was the only good episode of I mean, season. That, I, I mean, that really was, good episode. Yes. You know what? Crosshairs could kill one of them. Trying to shoot. Tech. No. Tick. Tick. No. Try to shoot Tick. Take out Echo. Echo's just like... There. He does yeah. nothing. Echo, Echo does Echo, nothing. Echo contributes nothing to anything. Except that he just goes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like the mean drunk. That's what he is. He's the mean drunk. But Why do we gotta what? go? There might be... They might be setting up something because the one thing with him that they keep on bringing up is we're not doing enough to fight the Empire. We're going on treasure hunts. We're doing this. We're trying to do this. We're not doing enough. And so maybe that'll uh, end up being something, and maybe the Bad Batch won't stay together. Maybe he'll he'll break off. But I I, I miss Crosshair. I want to see they got to tie him back in. They made an episode solely just about him, and so they got, they're going to have to bring him back. You know, the interesting thing that uh, I think it was Dave Filoni. Yes, it was Dave Filoni. Said was that there were nine clone troopers in Rebels. If you go the five that are the Bad Batch that are still alive after Order 66. You got three on the planet, Wolf, uh, Rex, Rex, and 
I can't remember the third guy. Uh, so now you're at eight. Who's the ninth? Was it Cody? Cody. That's where everybody's going with it. Because the, the fandom was, um, was Cody killed? Did he go AWOL or was he killed? Because he was beginning to question. I think he was too smart. He went AWOL. He I went AWOL. Yeah. And he's he's alive during Rebels. So um, it'll be interesting. Oh, no. No, wait a minute. I might have to think that through. No, Cody won it. Cody won AWOL after the whole mission with yes. Foster. Yeah, right. Yeah. But does that but mean he's dead? But you're sure if he killed him and said he got away. Because, you know. Not, well, no, they literally the said at the end, he went AWOL. Yeah, I know. They said that to Crosshairs, but oh. they could be lying. I don't know if you okay, know this okay. about the Empire. They lie every now and then. Because <laughs> he killed... The, the thing is, why would this. you kill, what was it, Commander Wilcox, <laughs> who's a newbie, nobody, nobody's heard of him, and then kill uh, Cody off screen? I don't think that they. I really... don't think they would take a beloved, apparently beloved character from Clone Wars or whatever, and kill him off screen. Uh, unless they're going to show it. He's the one who went after uh, Obi Wan and uh, nearly killed him after Order sixty six. Popular instead of beloved. <laughs> Known. Known. He's no. He's popular. I he's popular. He's very popular. A lot of people like Cody. But could they have? Yeah, they could have, and they could reveal it later. When Wanda Sykes betrays him. We're still not thinking. Are we still enjoying this one, boys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad Batch is awesome. Hoping it gets better. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I, I'm I, hoping for something a little hoping meatier. Hoping for something, yeah. yeah. One of the great things about um, Clone Wars and Bad Batch so far are the story arcs. Because they do a really... When you get a good story arc, I mean... It, it just sucks you in, and it really is awesome. Okay. And that's what they need in this. Yes, yes. We need a good story arc. for it to start. We need, a, we need some story arcs. Oh. They needed to develop some characters first. Yes, and that's... They needed to give us Cody. They needed to give us Wanda Sykes. They needed to, to remind us of who Sid is. Um, and so they've done that. They're laying a foundation for when the story arc hits. There's no way that they've been putting out the Star Wars that they've been putting out for the last couple of years, and they're going to suddenly drop the ball on this. It's just not going to happen. How many episodes is this? Uh, I got pulled up, pulled up. 10, 12, 13? 16. 16, okay. So we're oh, yeah. the way through. This Pretty takes good. us all the way through the end of March. Whoa. Oh, and by the looks of it, the last two episodes are going to be released on the same day. Ooh. 15 and 16. Whoa. Yeah, and... Uh, Whoa. The mid-season one... Is a two-parter, both on February eighth. So that's two, following their pattern. They have a big, a big story in the middle of the season, and they have the big end, end piece or whatever. So, all right, we're still enjoying this one. Stick with us. The three old geeks are now on YouTube. Check us out there, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you can't find us, stop by our Facebook page to get a link. And while you're there, drop us a line and let us know what you think of the podcast. Tune in next week, same geek time, on all your favorite apps for all new, all different material. Thanks a lot for listening, and hey, keep on geeking on.